0: Are you a fan of the finer things in life? Well, of course you are. You're listening to my voice right now. I have some good news for you. If you're a fan of high-class, delicious Italian coffee, I have a promo code for you. If you check out Lorenzotti Coffee at Lorenzotti.coffee and use the promo code THEMADONES, you can get 10% off their fantastic beans. So join us, Lorenzotti.coffee, promo code THEMADONES. You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. The only people for me are the mad ones.
1: The world is filled with the boring and the barely conscious.
0: And misery loves company.
1: But we don't have to live this way.
0: Jessica and I are here to talk to those the system rejects, to radicals and thought criminals.
1: The ones who never yawn or say a commonplace thing, but push the boundaries of acceptable discourse.
0: Those who stare reality in the face and dare it to be different.
1: History isn't made by the timid, and fun is not had by the perpetually afraid.
0: We are the Mad Ones.
1: So let's get to it.
0: Welcome to the ma- whoop. I can't speak. Welcome to the Mad Ones. <laughs> I'm your, yes, I know that I'm wearing a tank top right now. No, I don't think I look cool, but you know what? Maybe you just appreciate good tattoo work and you want to see the anchor on my bicep host, Cam Harless. And with me as always is your doesn't have any tattoos and doesn't look nearly as good in a tank top as I do, hostess, <laughs> Miss Jessica Green.
1: Wow. Tonight, you are wrong on both counts, by the no way. No <laughs> way, man.
0: No way. I've never been wrong right before.
1: Have, I have <laughs> tattoos. And, yeah, I fill out a tank top pretty great. So.
0: <laughs> but I, but you said that you wished you could do tattoos like I do.
1: Yeah, no, I just... mean, I have a I have a tramp stamp on my back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't advertise that, obviously, but, yeah, I was, you know, 18 in the year 2001, so.
0: It was an exciting yeah. time to be around.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, well, we have a guest tonight. Tonight, we're joined by a man whose podcast is rising in the Liberty verse with a bullet, a dear friend of Dave Smith, the godfather of Tom Wood's children, a menacing figure in Nick Starwark's dreams, the mortal enemy of Seth Rogen, a beanie in the land of bow ties, the childish Gambino of Liberty, and a man that cares that there aren't pockets in your sundress, your boy Clint from Liberty Lockdown.
2: How you doing, buddy? I like it. I feel like I inspired uh, that introduction when I had Dave on, but uh, thank you very much for the kind words. Oh. I do a lot of
0: long-winded introductions. It's kind of my thing. <laughs> but well, maybe, I stole, it. maybe I stole maybe I stole it from you.
1: <laughs> it's a pool. Yeah. It's a big pool. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's a, it's a it's a shared experience that we live in here.
2: It, yes, indeed. It's a very it's a very wide but very shallow pool, but uh, we're all we're all swimming in it. So, how you doing, man? How's I'm life? good. I'm good. Just uh, you know, really mourning for women's pockets at this point just don't I just don't get it bro like, what's I the just deal love that you put that tweet in my feed as I was writing this intro <laughs> good timing yeah I, I mean honestly it does confuse me because when I see a girl with pockets in her dress she's so fucking excited and and yet like they don't have pockets almost always and I just I feel like it's big purse man I feel like big purse is trying to keep the pockets out of people's hands so I stopped, their hands out um, of pockets i don't know whatever
1: i stopped a big uh a big fat group cry at a funeral just to ask a girl if she had pockets in her dress and she said i do and she stuck her hands in them
2: yep. <laughs> i was like
0: yeah
1: and everybody had like everybody stopped crying for a second just to marvel at these pockets and i was like yes. <laughs> this was,
2: this was pointed out to to me by my uh my buddy justin about five years ago he goes He goes, dude, you ever seen the pocket dance? And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. He's like, anytime you see a girl that has pockets, ask her if she has pockets and she'll put her hands in them and she'll do a twirl. And I was like, (laughs) I don't think so, bro. I go to the bars later that night and I see a girl with pockets. I walk up to her. I'm like, hey, do you have pockets by chance? And she's like, oh, and she does a little spin and she's like, (laughs) I have pockets. And I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. This is a thing. Unbelievable.
1: You feel that way because you've always had pockets. you of don't course. know what it's like to be pocket poor right. and yeah <laughs>
2: well, we're- po- we're pocket poor in a different way yes <laughs> we we do lack a very important pocket, which you guys have, which we right. cannot so
1: right right yeah, we <laughs> get I, a lot more drugs in a prison than you can,
2: probably, yeah, yeah <laughs> well, I mean. <laughs> Don't don't <laughs> test me, woman. I will I will no. show how much I can put on my house. <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't plan to. Thank you for the information though. Useful <laughs> to know.
2: <laughs> Honestly though, why why aren't women buying clothes with pockets? Why don't you guys fix this by only buying <laughs> so, shit with pockets?
1: They're getting better about that. They've realized the pocket issue. And over the last, I don't know, five four five or so years. Excuse me. I can't talk today. They have improved that. And I have several dresses with pockets in them now. So they're, they're getting on board. They know what we want. The market speaks.
0: All right, good. Make it speak. (laughs) Well, that's that's one of those funny things is how they always talk about the pink tax, about how women's like products are more expensive than the same products of a man or whatever. And I'm always like, there's a simple reason why. Because if a man walked up on any of these products and they cost that, we would say, "No, fuck that! I'm going to get the I'm going right. to get the cheaper thing."
2: <laughs> yeah, Simple supply and like, demand. And if you, you we we will we will withdraw the demand if it's overpriced. Not all of us. I mean, some people right. will buy obscenely expensive stuff, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. The
1: specialty men's products that they have are astronomically expensive. So if oh, you're yeah. a guy that actually wants specialty stuff, you're paying out the nose for it. Yeah, they get um, us. They get us, yeah,
0: <laughs> it's true, so you know what my favorite thing about the name Clint is Eastwood? no, it, it's it's not that. It's that when you have a birthday party, mm, yes, and someone uses he capital knows. letters to spell your name. of course, I know, I've seen
2: it a dozen <laughs> times. It's awesome. yeah,
0: yeah <laughs> I mean, I would I want to be named Clint, just and I found three. Happy birthday. Oh yeah,
2: it happens all the time. <laughs> Happy birthday, cunt! Yeah, my name in, in all caps is. Oh, they did a lowercase and it still came out like this? <laughs> Jesus Christ! I, I think they tried on that one. Look Usually how far if, off
1: the dot is, too.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's a little piddly dot. It's like a fucking umlaut over the U. That's like, I mean, that's just a straight up cunt. It's um, yeah. <laughs> or a pocket, as we've discussed. Uh, Yes. <laughs> I did not expect this to be the trajectory of the show, but yeah, you're right. It is. Mm. It goes. Thaddeus, it Russell goes us, Thaddeus
1: Russell called us. Thaddeus Russell called a conservative Christian podcast, so we're <laughs> trying to keep in the tradition of that. Yeah.
2: I I feel like, wow, yeah, we're way off track. Then we gotta find yeah. Jesus real quick.
1: <laughs> He's around.
2: <laughs> He's here.
0: I'll probably end up talking about him at one point or another. It happens so often. <laughs> <laughs> we do that. Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday, cunt. Thanks, man. I really <laughs> When appreciate is your it. birthday, so- by the way? It's August 4th. Okay, so Come I'm going to have yeah, to find
2: the most offensive cake and send it to you. Please, yes. Uh, I mean, I, I may be traveling. I'm planning my Liberty Lockdown RV tour um, starting late July, just going to Freedom Fest at Mount Rushmore. I'll be on Media Row, and then after that, just going around the country and going to any state that doesn't have income tax, seeing if any of them um, suit me. And if not, then I'm going to start to look globally. Going to go to Saipan? I might. I might. (laughs) I mean, I think it'd be tough to find a wife there. So I'm kind of like, I hope I find one on the RV trek and then I can just drag her out there and just rapid fire kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've done some rapid fire kidding. Rapid fire. (laughs) (laughs) Have you?
0: (laughs) I have. I have five children. Holy shit. All right. You, you weren't playing. Between the ages of three months and six. Jesus. All right. Yeah. And we're not right, Catholic brother. or Mormon. So, I mean. You gotta be Irish though.
1: Yeah. Oh, I've, got lot, I've
0: got a lot of that. I can, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I am there it 32 is. <laughs> years old and I have yet to have a hangover. So, I mean, that's definitely heavy in my genes. Damn. I wish I wish I had whatever you got, man. <laughs> well, right now it's Clyde a- May's
2: Alabama style whiskey, <laughs> and I mean, it's delicious. I, I meant the uh, the Constitution. <laughs> you know the capacity to drink heavily and not pay a price. I I do not have that. I am 38 and I fucking suffer.
1: It literally means yeah, I do too. But it literally means that the Irish have drank so much that it has worked its way into their DNA to protect well, them from the hangovers.
0: Amazing. Let's let's talk about the fact that I actually have. Much drunken uh, heredity. <laughs> I have my ancestors. They go uh, yeah. Irish, Scottish, the people who invented whiskey, German. Those are the beer people, and
2: then the the damn Vikings.
0: Mm. So, like, I've got. I, that's what I've got. I'm working with a, a full deck of people who can drink you under the table. We so,
2: got to throw a little Native American in there, and you'll be you'll be for, You know what's funny yeah, about can't that? You
1: can go or, in the sun.
0: What's funny about that, though, is my dad, he took the uh, DNA test and Native American showed up in his. He is my dad. We matched for that. But I got none of that in my genes. Like when I did the little test, the way the the DNA swirl worked did not show up at all. Fascinating. And I can grow a beard. My brother did get some of the the Native American. Can't grow a beard. Hmm. That's very weird. (laughs) Surprising.
1: There's like a a dominant suppressed gene thing, too. So like in some kids, you can have like a whole mess of kids and some of them get a gene that's suppressed and others get it like magnified. So Mm -hmm. that could be something to do with that.
2: I just wouldn't think that some significant genetic lineage like that wouldn't show up. But what Mm. do I know? Well, the the Viking (laughs) in me murdered it. Yeah, that's, so. that's also possible <laughs> i would say my like, i would all, say it's, it's probably more likely your your settler genes are <laughs> <to the> <laughs> American gene. more likely in yeah. a
1: little covered wagon they come and like murder the <laughs> other
0: yeah. my my uh my uh well my my family came over before um in the 1700s before the revolutionary war so i just assume that my genes pulled a t- uh, those jeans of mine pulled a trail of tears on my Native Oof. American dreams. Oof. Jeans, not dreams. I don't wow. have Native American dreams. R.I.P. Elizabeth Warren, man. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> there we go. Is that a food or cigar? Okay, hey, respect. <laughs> a little vape action, you know, keep it lively. <laughs> so we actually happen to have you on the day after... The Chauvin thing, which yes. is an incredible time, especially on Twitter, because it seems like there's a pretty big divide in the anarchists about this topic, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's, I don't think it's as much of a divide as people seem to think it is. Okay. Explain. Because I think what what you'll see is there are the people like Scott Horton and um, Dave Smith who were like forget the details this guy was killed by the state this guy leaned on top of this dude for 8 minutes fuck him put right. him on you know and that's where i am and then there are other people it's who are like I well am. you know technically if you look at the evidence he would have died anyway and it wasn't you know etc on and on mm-hmm. and i won't name names for that because i can't be sure that that's what some of these people are saying sure and i don't want to like i agree with dave so i'll say i'll say yes i agree with dave on this <laughs> But I'm not going to be like, oh, these other people. Um, But I think that it's a lot of this has to do with their acceptance. Not how do I put it? Not that they accept the state because they're all anarchists, but some of them. Find some small legitimacy within the definition supplied by the state in this case, whereas I'm like, fuck those. I don't think that the state gets to decide whether or not this guy killed a man anyway, we saw it, who gives a, who cares? Well, so I think that that's probably one of the,
2: I I probably am one of the few and caps that is in the gray area where I think it does matter if, if he didn't murder him, you know, technically, like if he didn't, if he is not the ultimate cause of his death, if he was actually having a drug overdose and and he was actually going to die regardless, I think that it, it matters. Well, I'm going to say
0: that is something that I will—I don't put any stock into because it's a counterfactual that didn't happen and is not verifiable. How's that? You can't say that he was going to die anyway because you don't know if he hadn't been on his his back for those eight minutes or if they hadn't stopped him or let him sit or if they'd put Narcan in his nose or if they would you know done any of these other things that he wouldn't have died in that moment. So saying that he was going to die anyway, that could be true, but right. you don't actually know that. Well, and it's, so the, I, exact, I can't it's the exact same
2: argument as saying that him kneeling on him is what caused him to die. I mean, we we don't know oh, that I think either. That's, I think that's for sure that no. him kneeling, th- them them holding him,
0: the laws surrounding what they did and why they did it, a whole host of things go to prove that. I don't think the dude would have swallowed his whole stash in front of the cops. Well,
2: I, I if agree the drug with that. Wore. It wasn't what it is. I agree. If it weren't for prohibition, George Floyd would almost certainly be alive right now, but I do not know that the knee is what caused his death. And I think that matters. I don't think we're talking about the knee though. I think that
0: the conversation. That's, that's that's definitely what most people think caused the death. Well, yeah, but I think what we're talking about is the surrounding circumstances, the time, all of that. I think if you focus on the knee, you're going to say, well, I can't know for sure it was the knee that killed him. But. The fact is there were there was a dude that leaned on him until he died, didn't try to get him up, help him, any of that that cops are supposed to do. Right. And I he knowingly sat there. And so it's like the state killed the man. And so I think beyond that, sure, we can talk about prison abolition or any number of other things, but the state killed that man. And I think that that's the big point that people are making when they say, yeah, he deserved to be convicted because of i mean there's just i don't know that he would have od'd the way he did if he wasn't put under that stress if he wasn't scared for his life if and so it's like i can't i just can't fully put in on this idea all i know that is he died underneath a man for drug drug laws for a counterfeit 20 which all of them are counterfeit (laughs) so i mean i think that maybe the split is between people who are looking at big picture and those who are looking at the small picture. And maybe that's the conversation where the the split is happening.
2: Yes and no. Uh, There's also a split between people who believe in, in there being some value in the justice system as it's currently structured and those that don't. And, you know, I am, I found out over the past 24 hours that I no longer really believe in the justice system. And I, I I guess I, I never really did, but I like, I really felt that in my soul yesterday where I was like, I don't feel good about this no matter what, because ultimately I don't, I don't really trust the judicial system to make the right call. And Mm -hmm. at the same time, he is an arm of the state. In fact, the enforcement arm, the most lethal when it comes to Homeland affairs. So I don't, I don't have much sympathy for him. I don't have much belief in the system. I, so I can't feel good about the system putting him away because I don't feel good about the system, but I also kind of feel good about him being put away because I don't much care about him because he's an enforcement arm of the state and he's upholding laws that I don't believe are just or moral. So Mm -hmm. I, I think that that's the reason for the gray area for me is that, you know, there's a a multitude of philosophical reasons that I struggled to come to a conclusion on it. But then that's, that's all on top of the actual cause of his death. And that adds a little bit more gray to it for me. So it all the way around, I just, I don't have, I don't have a really strong opinion on it. I, that's why I, I, but if you saw my tweet from last night, that kind of went viral was I was talking about how ultimately if it weren't for lockdowns, George Floyd's life, probably doesn't get so derailed that he because that he, he had a job prior. Um, so that's yeah. a very important factor that he may not have had his drug addiction be so exacerbated by that. I'm not removing his responsibility and that certainly he's responsible too. I'm just saying that the lockdowns added a lot of emotional trauma to everybody. Um, and then you also have the fact that if it weren't for drug prohibition, he almost certainly doesn't house his entire drug supply as the cops approach. Um, because he's looking at 20 or 30 years in prison he would probably just be like, hey, here's my drugs. You could take them, flush them, whatever. Um, right. So that that adds to it. And then you also have Chauvin who kneels on him for nine minutes. And yeah. I think that even if you want to just base it off the letter of the law and say he had the right to retain him based off of the laws that exist or detain him. And yeah. and he, he got him under control. He got him on the ground. He got him cuffed. Get the fuck off of him. You know? <laughs> Like mm-hmm. I think that those those are the three different layers. So at the end of the day, what are all of what do what's the tie that binds? The tie that binds is the state. The state right. is really uh, so. When you say the state killed him, I will agree. Um, I just don't. I don't personally see Chauvin as a perfect representation of the state. You know, like I don't oh, want no, all I don't of not to go towards him, even though he deserves plenty. It's that you know the bigger focus should be on the entire picture, as you said. Right. Can
1: can two things not be true at the same time, though, that like Derek Chauvin is responsible for the death of George Floyd. Like he is the cause of the death of George Floyd. Also, that this the reasons for him being the cause are the state. But does that mean that Derek Chauvin deserves to stand in effigy and representation it, to be punished for all of the crimes of the state? Because we're talking about this and so we're saying, okay, like a comment just happened. I don't. I think maybe Warren said it that um, the Fed killed George Floyd. Like philosophically, excuse me. Philosophically, I agree with that. But um, is that Derek Chauvin's sole burden to bear? Either like there's an uncomfortableness about some of this. Like philosophically, the nation is placing all of their um, anger and animus on him. Is he responsible for all of that? Right. I don't think so, but yes, he is responsible for the death of George Floyd. Absolutely, and I think two things can occupy the truth that truth at the same time.
2: Well, that, I think that that's the only dis- disagreement that the three of us have is that you two are certain that Derek Chauvin is the is the reason that George Floyd died. I am not. Well, certain- it
0: was more than it was more than Derek Chauvin. He was a piece of multiple people who set up the situation where he died.
1: Well, wait. What were you saying there about uh...
2: I'm I'm not as I said I'm not certain that that the overdose wasn't going to kill him anyways it, he took a, an enormous amount of of uh, what was it called again it's the heroin derivative fentanyl yeah fentanyl. he took an, yeah. an enormous amount of of fentanyl now he was a heavy user maybe he would have been fine if he if he didn't if his heart wasn't bad and if he wasn't put under that stress of the cops approaching him and everything else I mean I'm just saying there's this isn't as cut and dry as a bullet entering somebody, you know, sure, this, sure. Is, yeah. this is a much Definitely. more nuanced, complex evaluation that's necessary. And because and, and just to be totally honest, I, I followed it pretty well. And I, and I watched the, the body cam footage as well as the bystander footage. I watched a lot of it. So I have a pretty good idea, but I wasn't on the jury. I didn't get to. I didn't get to hear all of it. I didn't watch much of the the trial in terms of how the attorneys managed to frame it. Had I, right. perhaps, I would have been convinced that George Floyd would be dead no matter what because of Chauvin's act. But mm-hmm. based off of you know the autopsy report and the videos and everything else, I think that Chauvin absolutely broke the law. I think he absolutely deserves to get prison time. Uh, I think that the second. I I personally found the second degree murder charge to be far-fetched. That was just based off of what I know. Now, as okay. I said, I could totally change my opinion had I seen all of it. So that's, well, that's the only sure. of opinion, I think.
0: Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's the thing is I, I, I'm definitely not putting it all on him. I think it was, there were several people there. Like the video before Chauvin even showed up, um, you know, he was handcuffed mm-hmm. and they wanted to get him into the car and he said, he was obviously freaking out saying, no, I can't do it. I'm claustrophobic. I can't do it. And they had him sat down on the on the sidewalk, and he was sitting there. And then they proceeded to try to push him into the car, which led to those eight nine minutes of Chauvin being on his back. Mm-hmm. So, had they listened to the man who was saying, "I can't, I'm big, I can't fit in there, I'm claustrophobic," and let him sit on the sidewalk where he wasn't moving at all, they could have noticed that he was over possibly overdosing and pulled out that Narcan or whatever, or done anything other than what they did. Mm-hmm. And so it's I don't think it's Chauvin specifically, but I think th- I I. there is no way that there's no doubt in my mind that had they not walked up on him and done the things that they did, that that situation would not have happened.
2: I Well, like I said, I don't think he houses his drugs. I don't think he eats them all if if they don't approach him. So right. um, I agree with you that like that's that is probably why he's dead. I'm just saying. If you're going to charge someone with second degree murder, it can't be, well, a cop showed up at my door. So I, you know, I shot myself like that. That's, there's still, I think that they had more of a hand in it than that. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's arguable that, that the knee in particular cut off enough (laughs) oxygen that it exacerbated the overdose. And that's the reason he died. Um, Regardless, as I've said, I think that he's, there was no justification whatsoever to remain on him for that extended period of right. time. And I think that he, uh, as I said online, I believe he should have received a manslaughter charge. I think that that's what, that's what he really committed. I think that the second degree murder well, and I th- is I think, questionable. I think also, I think you, you nailed it when you said that there
0: are people who have different visions of the legitimacy of these charges at all. Of course. Yeah. Second degree murder, manslaughter, whatever they killed the dude. And I think the the letter of the law means little to nothing to me. It's irrelevant in yeah. a big way. And so, I mean, I understand. I get, that, I get people, that
2: perspective, by the way.
0: Yeah, and I mean, there are different people. And I'm not saying anything bad about people who disagree. I'm just saying this guy, this Chauvin in particular, was a, vi- like, I would say that all cops, by nature of their job, are bad. Because that's, they choose to do a job that, Restricts people's liberties, that throws them in cages, extorts them on a daily basis. But Chauvin was like a bad one of those. I agree. And so it's 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 one of those things that I I I would love to see all prisons abolished. But if one of the guys who spent his life and made a career out of throwing people into it has to spend a lot of time in one, that's a little fear
2: that I think that the cops can use. I agree. I just as as. Yeah. I mean, it's just tough, man. Cause I, I don't want to, I don't want to just the same way the left is making George Floyd a, a martyr for this cause. I feel like, like the ANCAPs are kind of martyring Chauvin in this. And it's like, I well, I agree. And I think that Chauvin was a very bad guy. And I think that he deserves prison time. I just don't like to, I mean, you're talking about someone's life, you know, same with George Floyd. We're talking about someone's life. It's like, i i I struggle with it i struggle to to just be like well he's a part of this evil system so like fuck him and and we're gonna have uh you know cops will will think twice before they treat people like that again and it's like i get i get the logic there i get that that desire for vengeance and rage and and sending a signal to other cops it's not
0: vengeance or rage for me it's these people like this guy and this guy it's it's and I'm not making him a martyr because there are people who made George Floyd a martyr there are people who are making Derek Chauvin a martyr I no, don't think I he's see... emblematic of the whole thing I think that he I do believe he did something that day that led to this man's death mm-hmm. and I think he deserves whatever's thrown at him and that's it I'm not saying that I, I I he's a very special case or he's emblematic but I don't hate the idea of cops going okay, maybe we don't kneel on people like George Floyd or Tony Tempa for that long and let them die. I, yeah.
2: Just what you're going to
1: say. Um, no, I, I actually started listening to him and it kind of like flew the coop. Unfortunately, I can't hold on to them for that long. No, that's okay. (laughs) No, no. Oh yeah. No, I remember now. Thank you. Um, so I do see what Clint is saying though, about sort of like uh, Derek Chauvin and not, to say that you are saying this cam but that this is happening um that Chauvin is being made into this totem uh, this representation of all of the things that we find wrong with the state and then it's sort of like good he's being punished for this and it it does fulfill this is it, cam and i discussed this a little bit in the in, in uh, dm uh, before about like mimetic theory and mm-hmm. the way we need we need there to be scapegoats for yes. us to place our rage into. Yeah, I had and David
2: Gornoski on my show a couple of weeks ago and we talked about it at length.
1: He's the he's the man. He, yeah, he's kind of where I picked this idea. Him and Bob Murphy are where I picked this idea up from. And I see the scapegoating that they talk about in mimetic theory going on with Derek Chauvin. And it's satisfying, it's satisfying people right now. It's giving them that salve for the burn that they have, the burn of rage that they had, the correct burn that they have for the state. And, and Nancy Pelosi today, or either today or yesterday, was giving that speech thanking George Floyd basically for dying. Right. Um, but in a very final way, she was like, aren't we all glad this is over? Right. Has it he sacrificed himself and now everything's going to be better? And so there's all these like sacrificial ideas going on and the, 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 the lamb will be the, we're going to sacrifice this lamb and then everything will be better, but it's not gonna be better and nothing got fixed and everything's still gonna continue to be a war between cops and the people that they're supposed to be serving. And all of those things are still gonna continue. It's just the state gets to have this great big pantomime about how we fixed everything. And isn't it great that George died because now we're gonna have justice. And isn't it great that we're sacrificing Derek because he's responsible in our minds and our hearts for everything and again, Cam, just not to say that I don't think that this attitude comes from you specifically of just a, an observation I have of like,
2: oh yeah, the way that's the narrative. People are, yeah. Right, that's right. The, the energy so, of the movement is that's there's a pretty a, big and
1: that makes me uncomfortable. There's, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that makes me, that part of it makes me a little uncomfortable like, hey, we're sacrificing this guy on an altar in a way, and yeah. I don't feel okay with it. Like, uh, we're not supposed to be doing blood sacrifices anymore. Like, <laughs>
2: well, that, you Kornosky's know. <laughs> Kornoski's point is that They're, they are deeply ingrained in human nature and and cultural evolution. So it doesn't surprise me. It just disturbs me. You know, that's, that's, that's the point I'm trying to make about it is like, I, I, like I've said many times, I think Chauvin deserves prison time. I also don't think he's the worst cop that's ever lived and he should be executed and drawn and quartered and, you know, all the, like, we should take out every ounce of our, our rage against the police, against this one man. Like, oh no! Say, the same way no, the that's same Philip way. Brailsford. The
0: what? I said that's Philip Brailsford. That's if, if I were going to pick one to let all of the rage out onto,
2: it would be <laughs> Philip Brailsford. Is he the, the guy? guy not, uh, Daniel Shaver. Daniel Shaver. yeah, I thought so.
1: Oh fuck that guy!
2: Yeah, he's he's awful. Um, so yeah, I, I mean that's that's kind of the difference, and and I think the uh, just to make a, a kind of an overarching point about this, like I don't think that George Floyd was a good guy either but I have a tremendous amount of sympathy for him and I mourn his loss. Yeah. And I think that it's tragic what happened to him. And I think that it, it's tragic, the the trajectory that his life was on and all the way around, like even though I don't think George Floyd was a good guy, I still have sympathy for him and I'm trying to maintain that same spirit and that same heart when it comes to Chauvin, even though I think he was even a worse guy because he had the power of the state and he abused it and he was hurting other people consistently. Um, so I'm just trying mm-hmm. to like maintain a little perspective and a little bit of balance here because Tetsui, who's one of my good buddies, who's a total nutcase on Twitter. Oh, Yeah. I love, uh, that. Yeah, he I love was, him so much. He was going off on, on the, uh, I mean not going off, but he was just saying like the cop that shot the, the black girl who was about to stab the other girl today. And he was saying <laughs> like, I don't even want cops involved in personal disputes. And, Absolutely. and, you know, while I can agree, if we were living in Ancapistan, perhaps that would be the case, but as it stands today, that cop did his job. I mean, he did exactly what he's supposed to do, and he very likely either saved her from being stabbed or potentially killed. And and it's like, are we, gonna, are we going to treat these people because they are an arm of the state and not even give them the same, like, duties or respect that we would give ourselves? Because like, my point is, yeah. if you saw, a, a, like, a, a neighbor a a man neighbor come out and he sees these girls fighting and one of them reaches back to lunge and stab the other girl. And he shot her. I think most people would be like, that dude's a hero, but the cop does it. And you have LeBron set to lynch him. And, and it's like, I don't know. I just don't, (laughs) I don't like the energy of, of dehumanizing people. It gets to a point of being like a little bit cultish where you're like, Oh, you're a cop. So like you can now, you can now do no good. And like, well, I think that their job is inherently bad. I don't think that a cop is inherently bad in his heart, if that makes any sense. Oh, well, no, they
0: can, they can be completely kind and great people off the job. But, we're talk, but when people say that all cops are bad, we're talking about them on the job. We're talking about people, I understand that. Th- the choice that they made. It's not. But, but a cop can still, still do a good all, thing on the job. That's my point. Possibly. They do. But I'd rather yeah, him not do. be there. Okay. Like I that I I think that the 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 message we need to give to people is knock on your neighbor's door when you have an interpersonal dispute. In the middle in the middle of a knife so, fight? <laughs> I no, I'm not talking about a knife fight. I'm this. talking about in general. This is a general thing. It's right. like there are people right now who if they hear their neighbor with too loud a music, they call a guy with a gun to tell him to stop. Yeah. Instead yeah, no, of going crazy. hey,
2: Knock, knock, knock. Can you oh, turn yeah. it down a little bit? I have two. I don't
1: think any right.
2: Yeah, no, I, I certainly am not. And so that's I, I'm not what I'm talking about. am not the type to call the cops at all. So, yeah, don't get it twisted. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that there are cops that, that even a bad cop can do a good thing sometimes, you know, like.
1: So. In an in a anarcho, you, sorry to interrupt you, but I think I might have an interesting thing to kind of throw onto the table for this. In an anarchist society, whatever we might develop, would we not have private security forces? I would neighborhoods not have private security forces? Would there not, in effect, still be, have been a man, hopefully with a gun, standing yep. there in that same position? And so I, I think that that bears mentioning, like when we see cops do a thing saying okay this is also something we would hope that our private security force would do or at least i would had i been the girl in pink i sure as hell would have hoped that someone would have come along and put that girl down before she stabbed me in the face so yeah um i don't know like
2: that's kind of that's kind of what i'm saying is like this guy is serving in a in a role that in in an you would see very likely a similar setup like you call private security because some shit's popping off in your in your neighborhood And the guy arrives. He sees the shit going down, and he makes a split second decision. Now, I'm I'm not saying that he definitely needed to. I don't. Again, this is another gray area one where it's like I don't know that she would have actually stabbed her. They had been fighting for a few minutes. Maybe he wouldn't have, or maybe she maybe she would have uh, stabbed her, but it wouldn't have been fatal. So like maybe lethal forces. And that's you know, it's like who the fuck knows ultimately. But you have to make that decision split second. And I'm just saying, I feel like the cop made the decision in the moment that makes sense that a, a private person probably would have made too. And that's better than what I've seen from most cops. You know, like you see the taser, taser, taser lady. And you're like, okay, that's just <laughs> fucking crazy. Like, <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. I, I just try and judge these things on a case by case basis, as opposed to going down Tets level of like, it's a cop. Fuck him, You know? And I don't even think Tet is, is quite as far as you think.
1: He just, just maybe. Banger tweets.
2: Yeah, maybe I've never I've never spoken to the guy. It's all it's all in text. So who knows?
1: He also said, and I think that this is actually a valid point, even though it's just a banger tweet, which is that we don't know that the girl didn't need to get stabbed. Like we were not part of that conflict, and maybe that bitch had it coming.
0: And yeah, like well, you know, like see, that's you
1: don't know. So I like to refrain for at least forty-eight hours from commenting when these things happen, just yeah. because you don't know what the deal is, and you might find out that woman was like a witch or so. I don't know what it would, you know, what the deal would be, but like yeah,
2: I still, you I know, still don't side, know. I side with the person who is about to be stabbed usually because usually right. it should be resolved peacefully. And, and I would hope, you know, yeah. um, so, but I get your point though. I get that right, psychotic right. point that we should yeah. find out if she was cheating on her or, or fucking her man or something. <laughs> like, oh, she should, she deserved to get slashed. It's like, come on. Man.
1: Some people got to get stabbed. What are you going to do? <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, no, I think that the only, the main difference, that you would see in a private security versus what we have right now is training because they are trained to shoot, to kill. I do think that that would, that would be a different, it's, it's a very similar situation in that way. But I do think we're, we are talking about counterfactuals. We're talking about something. We don't know and they are trained to kill. So it's like, I would, if someone came at me with a knife and they were within 20 feet of me, I'd, I'd blow holes through them. Absolutely. But, at the same time it's like it's hard to see and it's we we live in a very polarized and energetic dynamic situation Mm -hmm. you know and my my only point was we need to tell people to start knocking on their neighbor's doors because the the neighbor the neighborly situation that we've had in decades centuries past is kind of gone now yeah like there there isn't neighborliness
2: a perfect example is the I forget his name, but the uh, the guy that was in the apartment playing video games uh, in Arizona or Phoenix, I think, with his girlfriend, and mm-hmm. they were yelling and they were being loud because they were like competing in the video games. And a neighbor calls and, and says it's a domestic dispute. They show up, homeboys, you know, probably a little over aggressive. Uh, uh, opens the door with armed, um, and the cop freaks. And even though he turns the the guy in the door turns around he ends up just blowing holes in him and killing the guy. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's because a, a neighbor instead of going and knocking on the Mm -hmm. door and, and just seeing, Hey guys, is everything okay? Like I, you're just making a bunch of noise. I just, I just want to make sure, which if you're playing video games, you answer that door and you go like, Oh, thank you so much for checking. Like, yeah, we're totally fine. We're just playing video games. You want to come in, have a drink, you know, like you could actually have a community again, as opposed to I I'm hearing loud voices. I'm going to call someone who's, you know, basically just trained to kill and not even right. well at that. It's like, yeah, I, I agree am. with you. Like we need to, we need to rebuild community. And this is a product of, of being overpopulated and having cities and things like that, which were not really built to exist in. So I don't know. It's it's complex.
1: To add to Camp's point with a private security force, you would also have, they would never be able to be unaccountable to people, to their True. customers, the way that the um, police, the state police don't have any accountability to us. Now, yes. like you, we just wouldn't hire them, and exactly, that's... and we
2: would fire these motherfuckers if they did shit right. like Chauvin does. So yeah, I yeah. I agree. Believe me, this is no defense of of public defense setups. Like I I am I am an ANCAP. Like I I want to get to that future. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. I'm just evaluating this based off of what we exist in today. Is this cop a fucking killer or not? You know, and mm-hmm. yeah, and is he a murderer? Um, And those are, I just try and try and maintain an assessment based off of the system in which we actually function versus the system that we wish we functioned in. Um, But I totally get both sides of the argument.
0: Well, and that's that's that's, one of those
2: things is I, there are, there
0: are a lot of people that I know of that talk about this situation as if, and Katpistan is a thing, as if there's, and it's like, and it's like, I, I don't understand that view at all, And so it's one of those things where I feel like there have been some people who I won't name because I respect them outside of this, this situation, but essentially gave the Nuremberg defense for Chauvin. Mm. And I'm like, I'm not well, going to, he's just trash. following
2: orders. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's garbage. <laughs> no, it is garbage. And, and that's exactly what I said is like uh, the uh, early defense for him was that he was kneeling on him and that was protocol. And that's what they were taught to do. And I said, I said, whether or not that's the case, like even if the the book by the book, it said you're supposed to kneel on him until the paramedics arrive. Fuck that. You have to. You still have agency. You still have autonomy. You still hear a man struggling and then going limp underneath your fucking knee. You get off of him and you give him aid. That's that's your as a human being. That's your job. So that's that's why the Nuremberg defense is fucking trash. (coughs) And I can't even believe anyone that would consider themselves an ANCAP would throw that out there. Yeah. Um, so I'm oh, certainly it surprised not me. I've that. seen some, I've seen some shit in the last 24 hours and that's why I'm like, yeah. okay, so I
0: know where I am and I'm not like, I'm not even in like the, the, the most angry version of that. I'm just like, yeah, the dude needs to be in jail. If we have a jail, I wish we didn't, but we do. <laughs> that's how yeah. it works. Yeah. Um, but it, I've, I've, like I said, I've seen some stuff that I'm just like, how are you even saying this right now? Like, what is special about this guy? But I remembered I have a video, and I don't know if you saw this, Clint, but this did you see the video of the kid who ran up with a gun on a guy in a car to try to rob him? Did you, and he got uh, handled by the guy he was trying to rob. Did you see that one?
2: I don't know that I did.
0: Okay, here we go, because this is fantastic. He's got a gun on him.
2: Oh, he pulls it. Okay, okay. Go to sleep, oh. ho. <laughs> fuck yeah. Did you hear the screams? Okay. <laughs> That's amazing. He says get the fuck out of here. Like he like he taught him a lesson. He's like, go, go live your life now. What a savage.
1: Jeez. Oh my God.
0: Wow. It's so fantastic. That that yeah. squeal is yeah. like it's so deserved. It was one of those things where like, oh, this is, what, this little kid, this little punk's gonna pull a gun on this guy.
2: He deserved every squeal that came out of his mouth. Well, he deserved worse, honestly. That dude showed <laughs> incredible restraint that he didn't just like take his life right then and there. Someone puts a gun in my face. I don't know what I would do. I mean, I think I would probably kill them. So, yeah. um, God bless him for seeing that it was a young kid that was making a mistake and being like, I'm gonna let get out of here. <laughs> like, wow. So what's funny is I have these videos queued up, and then the here
0: says, "Sound like <laughs> stepping on a cat," and I've got the perfect video for that. Do you see the guy who caught the bobcat, bobcat who was attacking his wife? Yeah, that was rad. Yeah, here, here we go. <laughs> the demeanor change—it's so fantastic.
2: I need to wash my car.
1: Oh, oh, my the Oh, the
2: Yeah. Oh get out! 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 Watch out! Watch out! Watch out! Get out! Get out! Get, out. get, out. get out. <laughs> What a, what a fucking hero that dude is.
0: What's wow. funny is in the
2: original tweet when
0: it came out, people were like, why did he throw that cat like that? He oh could have just God. put him in the back of the car and let, left him there and called animal control. No. I was like a bobcat. Dude, I would have brained him while he was still in my hand.
2: like hundred <laughs> percent. I would have I tried to pr- break his head off of his body right then and there. You attack my <laughs> wife, dude, you're dead. You're super dead.
0: Seriously.
1: <laughs> so those things, they carry off small children. Like, that's not a fucking joke. So, yeah, yeah, I believe it. Yeah. I, <laughs> I
2: mean, man. Yeah. She was, that, that cat was trying to kill her. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. Well, she I, had,
2: I, she had, I had like, I had only seen cat. it with no audio.
0: So that added so much to it. Yeah. Well, what, what What's funny about it is the video I got didn't even get the pr- first part where he comes out and he's like, Good morning. <laughs> I got to wash my, like, it was just this, like, howdy doody, yeah. I'm going to shoot that fucker. <laughs> Apparently he did. He did, oh, shoot, did him he? He, uh, shoot him afterwards. So good job. He, it was a rabid bobcat. Oh, to be
1: rabid. fair
2: yep Wow,
1: he was still howdy doody in his warrior mode but yeah. he had a warrior mode it was just a howdy <laughs> doody warrior mode totally almost shoot that fucker
2: <laughs> <laughs> see that's the type that's the type i like that's the guy that i respect is like he didn't even he didn't say call the cops <laughs> he was just like get my gun <laughs>
0: That's That's so, well, what's funny is, you I don't know if you noticed in the video, he actually pulls a pistol out of his pocket.
2: Oh, I didn't see that, no.
0: Yeah, there's a little pistol in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love America. I love America. I like that
2: he's
1: That's got a windbreaker. He's got a windbreaker shorts, and I'm guessing sandals with socks. But he's carrying. <laughs> like...
2: <laughs> That's a Texan right there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to wash his car.
2: Uh, so there's
0: a video that I love. I'm just going to, I have three videos and I want to talk about this one. Um, but the, it's a video of two lawyers out of, um, I want to say Colorado. But they're talking to people who sell weed and legally in their state. But, oh, they, yes. you know, DC tries to send feds. Have you seen this video before? The shut the fuck up attorneys? Yes. Yes. Oh, these no, guys are I great. Haven't. Oh, you're going to love it. I know. Okay. It's, it's, it's great <laughs> advice. Mark and Craig, Pop Brothers at Law. We've been warning people, if you are working for an unlicensed dispensary, an illegal dispensary, and it gets raided, you need to shut the fuck up. If you shut the fuck up, you have a good, good chance that we can make the case go away. Case in point, three employees of an illegal shop were busted during a raid. Two of them said, oh, I'm just volunteering here. The third guy, shut the fuck up. And the DA did not prosecute the guy who shut the fuck up. They can't prove what you were doing there. If you're a customer, a patient, walked in to go to the bathroom, they don't know. You gotta shut the fuck up and it's shut the fuck up Friday. So review the script. What do you say when the cop first pulls you over? Why'd you pull me over? And when he keeps asking questions? Not discussing my day. And they ask more questions? Am I being detained or am I free to go? And if detained, what do you say? I invoke the fifth. And then what do you do? You shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up Friday. (laughs) Never answer questions when the cops have that's safe it. holidays. Tip of the day.
1: <laughs> wow. That was amazing.
0: I They're out there doing the
1: Lord's work. Those fellas. Wow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Don't talk to cops. Like that's like the best advice you can get. Don't talk to them. Yeah. Do not talk to this them. Is, what a born. That,
1: that's something that people have asked me. like, if I saw someone breaking into my neighbor's house, would I call the police? And like, I'm in a conundrum with that. Like, you know, do I run out there with my husband's rifle to like get this person? Because that's not going to go well. I just I think you know. I think if you
2: see someone committing a violent crime, I think it's OK to call the cops personally because. So that's I'm, the line, though, think, isn't it? Yeah, well, as, long as it's Breaking a door is not
1: breaking breaking a door is not breaking a person but i don't know what they're going in there to do like there's a whole bunch of gray area right there and here i am a housewife in my house and i just see this
2: yeah i think it's a fair question like i'm but additionally like sure i'm armed and i could go out there and intervene but am i going to put myself not not only in harm's way physically but also criminally Mm. you know because like i don't think uh, especially living in california if i were to approach them with a firearm and try and prevent the the theft or attempted homicide or rape or whatever it is i think that Mm -hmm. there's a really good chance i would catch a charge so like in that situation i don't think i even have a choice
0: well i think that if you look at our current situation this is our security force they -hmm. have a monopoly on that and so unless you know a crackhead which you know why not i i would probably pay a crackhead to to do my personal security that's our that's the force That's who we have. So it's like when, uh, and it's part of the reason why I have some personal disdain for cops. is isn't just their job. It's the fact that one time when I was living in an apartment, there was a man that lived directly above us with his wife. And you could hear him bashing her head against the wall.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Very clearly could hear it. And at that point, I wasn't armed. I wasn't going to knock on his door when I had nothing other than myself. And so my wife begged me and I eventually called the cops and I said, hey, I want this to be anonymous because I knew that jo- cops don't really do their job that well. And, you know, I didn't want him want to walk out and him see me and know that I called the cops on him. Sure. Well, apparently it wasn't her head. He just bodied her a lot. And I saw those bruises later when she got in the car under her shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, but the cop, I said, this needs to be anonymous. I can tell you exactly the location i gave him per- perfect directions the cop called me after they told me they wouldn't retain my phone number when they got there and asked me to point out the apartment where it was happening yeah. and i had to go out and point at the place and then from then on out i was harassed by this man he scratched my car he broke things off of it he yelled at me and threatened me in front of his in front of my children which I just told him, hey, if you want to do it, quit yelling from the balcony and come down. We can, we, we can play. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but I was harassed and unhappy, uncomfortable for, what, another year? Yeah. Because of cops.
2: Yeah, and So it's it like, doesn't surprise me at all.
0: So it's like, if they did a better job, I'd be more willing to call them. But yeah, yeah. at this point, that is our security force. Right. If you see something and you can't take care of it easily or without threatening your own life, you, you have to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: It's just well, the reality and i think i think the the really shitty part is that even if you're willing to jeopardize your own life in that very moment you are now up for potential prosecution yeah. <laughs> you know because our system is so sick that even as a good samaritan if you try and assist if you if you don't follow the gun laws to the exact letter of the law they'll fucking throw the book at you too so um I don't know. I mean, we're, that, that, I think that's my point with all this is that we're so far from Ancapistan that like you can't like you have to discuss these in our current system because otherwise you're just not dealing with reality.
1: Yeah. What is and not what ought to be. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with that.
2: <laughs> By the way, I've had plenty of bad experiences with cops. So uh, yeah. that's the other thing that always pisses me off is when people are like, well, you're white. You just don't get it. It's like yeah I fucking get it dude. I've dealt with cops that suck ass a lot in my life and like I think most people have cuz most cops are fucking dickheads when they interact with the the um you know general populace. So Um, yeah you know maybe i haven't been profiled for being black and i don't know what that feels like but i have definitely been abused by a cop so like like, let's not let's not pretend that cops just treat white people like they're their brother and they're like oh sorry for pulling you over didn't realize you were caucasian get on out of here buddy it's like no that's not at all what happens they will fucking arrest you impound your car do all sorts of shit so
1: but that's also not the narrative that the media puts out there. They put out this narrative that this is like basically happening to every black person all of the time, every single day. And it just doesn't happen to white people at all. Well, frankly, there's a lot more white people. So if the cops are behaving like this, just, just uh, statistically, it's happening to more white people. Yes. This is just how they are. You right. know, you're yeah. just not finding out about it because CNN's not talking about it because it doesn't get you all riled up the same way.
2: Sure, and and it's that's no. not to say that there aren't some cops that do treat black people worse. I'm do. I assure yeah. you that I is do. true. Um, yeah. But it's just, I, if you actually want to alleviate this issue, you have to get to the root of it. The root of it is state power. The state mm-hmm. treats us poorly because they have a monopoly on violence. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. Is unless you get rid of that, you're going to have power, power mad fucking bullies from high school that end up growing up to be cops and they're gonna abuse people. And that's what it is. I mean, that's that's exactly what it is. Sometimes they're racist and bullies, but also they're just sometimes fucking bullies and they're assholes to people all the time. So like it it just it it bums it it bothers me that we make it strictly a racial issue. Like to to believe that that Chauvin wouldn't have done that to George Floyd had he been white. I think it's yes, nonsense. Sure. I think it's nonsense. Like, yeah, maybe not, but also maybe. Like, and there's plenty yeah. of examples of you know mentally ill white people that get fucking taken out by the cops for no reason. As you said, Tony Timpa. and then there was the other one that I can't remember Daniel the name Shaver. of. Uh, well, Daniel Shaver, but the other the other guy who was mentally ill in Orange County that they they uh, oh, uh, Kelly Thomas. Yeah, they just beat his ass to death. I mean, it was awful. So there's yeah. plenty of examples of cops absolutely brutalizing and murdering white people. And I just wish that we would talk about that in tandem with these issues. Mm-hmm. Because if we like if you if you talk to a white person that's marching alongside Black Lives Matter, even the white people that that are marching with them will be like, I'm out here because cops treat Black people, poorly. And it's like, Mm. dude, have you ever interacted with a cop? Like, can we just all admit that this is a bad system and it needs to be totally either thrown away or reformed deeply? Like, and and it's just, if you make it all about race, we're never going to get there. I really believe that.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, one thing I wanted to address is Steamy Biscuits, whoever that is, just thinks he has a gotcha here. And I just wanted to address it. Didn't this dude just say, knock on your neighbor's door in a dispute? Where do you think I learned this from? Hmm. I don't call the police anymore for particularly the reason that I just mentioned Right. Mm-hmm. because they made me an object of harassment and an object of violence. So mm-hmm. yes, knock on your neighbor's door if their their they um, fucking music is too loud. But if you have them about to shoot someone, unless you have some crackheads with you, you
2: have little choice, but to call the cops. Right. So yeah, if you think my that he's army of
1: crackheads,
2: If you think he's in the middle of beating his wife or he's a violent guy and you're not armed, I'm not sure that I would recommend uh, approaching that situation. Um, But that's that's to each person's decision. I'm saying that I lost
0: so much respect for them, even as a security force in that moment. Of course, I don't I do not I don't interact with them if I don't have to.
2: Yeah, because they jeopardized your life. And and, they did.
0: They They jeopardized my
2: children. And
0: yeah. I will not do that again, sure and I also if if I hear that which I won't anymore because I'm not living in <laughs> not living in white trashville anymore like I'll take a different tact at it you know I'll be I'll, I'll, I'll probably use a burner phone maybe <laughs> but <laughs> so, but at the same I'm not putting myself in in that position with a guy who beats his wife of course I'm bigger than him so I mean like I guess I offered several times, come down, <laughs> right. let's do this. Cause I'm tired Still, of you yelling at me. If if I, you want me to go up and he, then he would run inside. And so it's like, I love this. It, like when expand. my kids weren't around, loved it.
1: <laughs> Let me expand on, on Cam's point real quick before I um, forget it. But um, what he was saying about um, talking to his neighbors, there's a larger point to be made there. Um, Tom Woods has a guy on his show sometimes from uh, at the Detroit threat assessment center. I hope I'm getting that right. It's some combination of those words, but they are a private security force for the inner city of Detroit in neighborhoods that have been abandoned by the police. And one of uh, their, you know, things is that they know those neighbor neighborhoods. They right. know the people who are standing on the streets out there. They know the names of the, the the young kids who are coming up through their middle school and high school years who live there. So when they do go out to a situation, there's a bigger chance that they're going to know the first name of somebody who's involved in one of these disputes. That they might be able to like, like nobody in the world knows how, the girl who got shot by the cop. No one in the world knows how to pronounce her name. But there would be an off chance in that situation that. Somebody from her security force who knew her, who was from her area, who maybe came from the population that she's in, um, would have known her name and been able to call out to her in that moment and maybe had found some way to defuse that situation. So there's a, a larger aspect of knowing one's neighbor, just having a security force that is representative of you and your community which I yeah. don't think an overarching, you know, and I'm sure every one of us here would agree, but like an overarching state system cannot possibly provide to you, right. you know? So, I mean, we la- it, it's easy to laugh at that whole, uh, well, where's the social worker aspect, but cops <laughs> are placed in roles that they should not be in taking care of mental health issues and things like that. Now, I'm not saying that this um, girl who was about to stab the other girl should have been dealt with by a, a therapist but that maybe had a therapist been able to have intervened in the right way long before this ever happened um, maybe we don't we, get there
2: she,
1: we don't get to the stabbing portion of this drama and, and right
2: and, and perhaps and perhaps we don't but i mean but the point is because our system's so sick we'll never know and this girl's yeah. now dead and now this cop is being persecuted so um right. i don't know it's just this is all a product of a, of a very sick culture a very sick system and, and you're not going to fix it by throwing away the key on a single cop. Like it's not, yeah, this is, this is way deeper than that. And I just, I hope that people, well, one, I hope it calms people down to some extent, but simultaneously, I hope it funnels their, their reserve energy into actually fixing the problems because I don't think that the problem is even fucking like not even a 10th of a percent fixed by showing being put in prison. Like we have mm-hmm, so much mm-hmm. to do to actually get to the bottom of why these things continue to happen. Um, And until, until we can like kind of unify on that thesis, I just don't think we have any hope of actually getting to the other side. Do you think, do you think it's fixable? The system? No. Yeah. Okay. I (laughs) just wanted to make sure. I just wanted to make sure we were there. No, but I I, I would, I would say that if you were to abolish all drug laws, if you were to only have, Uh, If you were going to maintain a public police force, if you had them only address violent crimes and only attend when called for on violent crimes, you would you would eliminate a huge percentage of this. So I, I always try and like even though that is not my principle and that's not my dream, like if I could get the world or at least the United States to to come together on this, this topic and just say, okay, this is our compromise point. We're going to maintain a public police force. However, we're going to, you know, pare back the amount of criminal laws that we have so that they don't constantly fucking end up, you know, in, in these situations. Uh, I think that that would, that would alleviate a huge percentage of it. And it would also um, reinstate or reinstill some respect for what they're actually doing. Because at this point, Mm Most people fucking hate their guts, and I don't blame them at all. I'm yeah. one of them.
0: Yep. Do how do you think that this is at all doable? Like, what what would be your plan? Because my my view on this is the community view. It's doing my part in my community, trying to create relationships and spread out that that ethos from there. And so, mm. I'm I'm wondering. I, I that all sounds good. But I'm wondering, what is it that we could do to make that happen?
2: Uh, It's a great question. I I mean, as you said, in our community, I think that ultimately it's about getting people's minds wrapped around this concept and actually having the same energy to go out and burn shit that they've had for the past year now uh, to funnel that towards we're not going to accept you arresting and imprisoning one cop. Like what we want is you to stop fucking putting us in prison for no reason. And, yeah. and that's my biggest hatred towards Black Lives Matter movement, because it's not about that. And they didn't right. make that the focal point. And that's all they had to do, because I think that had you had that kind of energy where you have tens of millions of people hitting the streets for a fucking year straight. And that's the that's the siren call that you're just pounding on the table over and over again. Fucking get rid of the drug laws, get rid of, you know, get rid of the welfare state and all these other things that are actually fucking our communities up. But the truth is, they don't see it that way. And they're not going to see it that way. So, yeah. ultimately, I don't I don't even, know. They can't even burn down the right targets. No. They're burning down actual targets
0: instead of legitimate targets. Like, what's exactly. the
2: point? There? Exactly. Like, it makes such little if sense you, to me. If you could have tens of millions of people on the street, you know, uh, shit, I can't say it. Anyways. Burn down the Fed, <laughs> man. <laughs> <laughs> the hot ones. Dropping hot fire. <laughs>
1: just you know there are (laughs) more deserving places than the businesses that are you know getting it that's all
0: right it just it just doesn't it's like there's no logic i mean i'm sure there's some logic that i don't know for what why they're doing the things that they're doing how they're doing it but it's it's one of those that it doesn't line up with their goals as they're stated correct like Mm -hmm. you're there they're they, they so that tells their me stated goals are not their goals. Exactly, that's what it tells me is that there is some internal logic to it that we're not privy to. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, and I'm sure that there there are ways that we know different things, but I believe people that people assume these things. Their end game is not as advertised, and and absolutely I, I, not. and I don't believe that the money behind it is is um, at all aligned with whatever their platform even alleges to be. I, I think that right. it's. I do get very conspiratorial when it comes to the black lives matter movement, the fact that it exploded in popularity, the fact that all of these police violence videos are so pervasive and they circulate so rapidly. I think that there is something to that. And I think that there is, there is a, I mean, people will get mad, but I, I genuinely believe that it's Soros that is, that is really propagating this stuff and, and trying to direct it towards these defund the police movements and all these other things. Like he, he has a vision for the world, that is, in my opinion, very dark. And, and I really believe that he is a major factor in in what we've experienced over the past year, Um, both, both in that regard and in terms of lockdowns. I mean, these, these people are really interested in remaking the world in a way that I do not find any benefits or, you know, beneficence. (laughs) It's like, it's like, it's going to be bad for us. So um, whether or not I'm right on that, I don't know. It's obviously, it's a conspiracy theory, but it's, the best answer I have to why a movement dedicated towards alleviating police violence and over of black, the black population in particular makes almost no mention of getting rid of the drug laws. That is mm-hmm. crazy to me.
0: Yeah. I, th- yeah. I, I think that a lot of these things, I don't know if it's Soros or if it's Klaus Schwab and the, the great reset, but I do think it's absolutely the BLM, the way they do things, Antifa, whatever. I think that they do the things they do. They want you to defund the police so that it's a federal police. So there's federal oversight of police, which just leads more and more to a more globalist system. You look at the the Great Reset. Do what? I said, shout out to Brit. She was talking about that this morning. Oh, weird. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I mean, I think that it's, I think that a lot of these things and a lot of their, their goals I don't know if we we necessarily know the people in the organizations' end goals for this, but we know that they're being used to centralize things, and yeah. I think that it goes all the way up to the Great Reset and um, what's his name, um, Bill Gates.
2: Yeah, all okay. of these people, all these all these motherfuckers are are in on it. They have. I think that they have differences of opinion on what the end game is, but they're all working in tandem to basically use the populist movement to drive it towards a greater and greater power source for themselves. And and that's yep. the complete antithesis of what we need right now. What we need is decentralization. We need separation. We need a diminishment of the state. And, and anytime you see a grassroots organization that is leading towards a greater and greater state, I get very skeptical about who's oh, actually absolutely. fucking behind it. Don't they
1: already have a bill on the table that's like the Justice for America Act or something like that, which is basically let's give the cops a bunch more money,
2: more money and also federal oversight. So they're going to be basically under federal purview and guidance. And yeah, yeah, I mean, like if you think that having federal oversight is the is the solution to this good fucking luck, bro, because you're going to keep getting shot and probably a lot more. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: are you guys familiar with the Battle of Athens? Um,
2: I know of it. somewhat. It's, so it's the where ba- they, bom- they bombed the the apartment. Is that what you're talking about?
1: No, no. Actually, so the Battle of Athens um, took place basically directly after World War II ended. A bunch of the men came home from the war and found the sheriff's department in their town was corrupt as all fuck. And they all got oh, together with... This, yeah with all their new war experience and then went and overthrew the sheriff's department and the police in their town and yeah, kicked yeah, them yeah, out. Yeah. yeah, And I think about that a lot. And I'm like, you know, do there need to be like these sort of like grassroots battle of Athens type situations that happen? Cause there's not going to be like some overarching uh, thing within the government that is presented for it to change itself. It doesn't work that way. Like it will never give up its own power. So, like, you know, there there needs to be sort of like in my own town. I won't say the name of it, but my own town had a similar experience where they threw the sheriff's department out on its ass. (laughs) And so, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like, um, but that's, you you know, yeah, you love to see it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that has to maybe happen on on like local um, individual levels. I don't think that it can, you can get 350 million. I don't know how many people there are in the country, country but 350 million sounds right to me. Um, together on an idea and an and ethos that the state is evil because they are 100%. so good at pointing us at each other.
2: we are not, not going to get to 51% of the electorate. Right. Like You need to just completely get that idea out of your mind. What we need is 10%. Like or five percent. Some but not just like five percent in the vote for the LP candidate. I'm not a fucking idiot. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying (laughs) you need five to ten percent of the population that is ride or die freedom and are willing to die for it. Like that's what you actually need. And and it would be helpful if the veterans that actually went over and witnessed firsthand the fucking degeneracy of the state and participated in it came back with a a newfound respect for freedom and perhaps not overthrowing the state, but you know, creating your own little enclave for people that see the world the way you do. I think that is the future for us. If we're to see any semblance of Encapistan in America, it's going to require, um, you know, 5 to 10% of the population to congeal into a single geographic area, defend it, and, but also do it with uh, an air of love and peace. Like, it's a very fine balance because you have to approach it with, we are not a threat to you, but we need to be left alone. Like that, that's what we have to see. Like, that's really my vision for this is like, if we don't, if we don't get there, America, as we know it, is going to crumble regardless. So it's like, can we, can we get a little enclave? Like, can we do Mm -hmm. that? Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's too much to ask. I think that there's, there's plenty of secession movements in Texas and and other places. I think Florida's floating it too. Um, I Mm -hmm. would like to see one of these states actually go for it. And and if it could happen, if one state can do it, you will see a a massive balkanization of this country where it breaks into probably fifteen or twenty pieces, uh, because right. that's that's how far apart we are ideologically. And ultimately, we don't need to continue down this this path of federal self destruction because it is it is inevitable. If we do not break apart, we will absolutely collapse.
1: If we um, if you want to talk conspiratorial, I sure. think the reason that they push a lot of this race racial type of thing is because there are people in the government who are perfectly aware that this country is on the verge of collapse. And the minute anybody brings up decentralization or secession, which would break their ability to pull in $4 trillion a year in tax revenue, uh, they can just bring up, well, you're just a bunch of racists. You're just a bunch of, uh, you know, you want slaves. You want to go back to the days, the antebellum days of, uh, cotton and all those things like so it's just like they they're they're aware that their legitimacy is breaking they 100%. can't not be aware yeah
2: 100%. so you're um, you're a bunch of they're... inbred backwards want to enslave people we can't allow you to secede texas because you're just going to go back to slavery it's complete nonsense right. obviously right. but if right. you think they're not going to frame it that way you're out of your mind they call they they called trump hitler i mean they yeah. they, they try to paint everybody <laughs> that's a ideal ideological opponent as the worst thing imaginable because they know that there's power in, in this countervailing force that exists in this country that wants to be left the fuck alone. And they can't Mm -hmm. allow us to be left alone because they rely on us for fucking, not even, not even our tax money. That's the interesting thing about it. It's not about our tax money. It's about the fact that if our country is divided and they, you don't have those tax revenues, they can't continue to print into oblivion because no one will trust the currency anymore because Mm -hmm. it's about credit. Exactly. It's about our, it's about their credit rating of the United Mm -hmm. States is really what this is about. They cannot maintain (laughs) their, their power source. If, if they allow us to balkanize, and they know it and they will fight tooth and nail because their power will fucking be shattered if we go that path. Mm -hmm. And that's why I hope we do.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing, like the tax, the, however many in taxes is great, but it's the endless borrowing, the endless and printing, you know, probably also endless borrowing, printing, um, laundering, <laughs> you know, put, like why do you think that there's so much pork in a bill to help the American people? It's because those senators want to send some to, uh, let's say, Syria. Um, no, not Syria. They hate that. Um, I'll just say <laughs> Israel because it's just the easiest explanation. Sure. But let's say, let's say they want to send it to Israel because they know that there's a guy there who will give them a kickback if they get three billion dollars. Israel's just one of the ones that I know that we're friendly with. I'm not trying to go anti-Semite here. I'm just saying (laughs) Syria, they want to bomb to hell. So, I mean, that's just not a good example.
1: It's so hard to pick a country they're not bombing currently. So, like, I get
2: you. Well, and it's not, it's not just foreign countries either. I mean, they do that with private businesses too. And then they get campaign contributions and God knows how oh, much yeah. under the, under the table and God knows how much in, in contracts once they're out of public office. I mean, the, the entire system, if you know, if you honestly evaluate it, you know, the shit's unsustainable. Like there's, oh, absolutely I'm not a collapsitarian because I don't root for it, but I'm a collapsitarian in the sense that this shit is going down. Like it's yeah. fucking gonna go down. And And the sooner you kind of wrap your head around that and you start to prepare your friends and your family and yourself financially and uh, in terms of self defense and resources and food and everything else, the better off you'll be. Because, like, just because my background is in finance and economics and and business, I know, I know deeply, like, you cannot function like this. You can't borrow and print three times what you take in in tax revenue. Sorry. It just doesn't happen. Can
1: I ask? Can I ask you a question based on something I heard you say in another podcast? Of course. Um, I think, I can't remember, God, who you were on with, but they were asking you for what do you think people should do right now to kind of make themselves ready financially? And you said um, something about having, actually having paper money, having dry powder. Yeah. And I didn't, um, I actually went and took $200 out of the bank and put it under my mattress. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I feel like Clint knows what he's talking about. So I did that. Can you now explain to me why I've done it?
2: Okay, I will explain. Um, okay. It's, it's, because, it's because in the situation of a run on the bank, you would not be able to withdraw your your cash. So okay. it's important that you're not completely reliant on credit cards because if the system goes down, right you won't be able to use credit cards. So like, um, well, while Fiat is obviously trash, it is still perceived to have value. So you want to have some cash on hand so that you could survive and flee the country if need be. Um, I would also recommend Mm. having physical coins, uh, you know, silver or gold, and then obviously having a a hedge in crypto as well. So it's at this point, when you see a system on the brink of collapse, the the important thing to consider is um, diversification and then also access. What's that right. liquidity and, and liquidity as well. Um, you need to have resources that are able to be utilized in a worst case situation. And, and I'm not saying that it's imminent. And I don't think that you're going to need that 200 bucks in the, in the very, very near term for the record. I don't, but. It's not um, going
1: to get me out of the country either. So. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's the problem yeah. is like, if you don't have enough, then it doesn't much matter at all. Um, but that's, that's the other part of my, My sermons that I give is that you need to be ready. You need to get enough financial resources uh, in in your in your mattress or wherever so that you can actually do something when this shit does hit the fan. And ideally, you're already located in a place where you don't necessarily need to flee. So if you can go to a state that isn't so abusive that has really strong gun laws that you you know your neighbors, you're surrounded by people who are armed and will not yeah. accept getting on the boxcar. Like those are the things that I think are valuable and that you should be probably working towards at present. As for investment advice, which I am not giving, this is none of this is financial advice, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, I think having a hedge in the crypto space is absolutely vital at this point just because I think it's proven itself to be whether it's real or not, a very deeply perceived and believed in, uh, you know, retention of value. So Mm -hmm. if you don't have some, I think that's a huge mistake, particularly because it can be basically, um, unseizable, you know, you can have, you can memorize the passcode for it. You could, you could cross the border with nothing but the code in your mind and get to the other side and then be able to get your, your assets back. So, I think th- those are those are mechanisms that are are true white pills for me. That like, man, you better take advantage because if it if it ever goes to the point of you know Nazi Germany or something really crazy here, um, they're going to be lifesavers. Right. So you're trying to tell me that I can't use my tits to get whatever I need. Well, if we're together, then yes, because I'll just, um, you know, I'll give Good. you crypto for titty fuck sessions and whatnot. Good. You know, you don't
1: understand. Oh, wow. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so you, you did mention white pills, but uh,
0: one of the things that this show is about is the white pill. It's oh, cool. about hope. Let's it's do it. about going through the, the darkness, seeing the world around us and finding the little glimpses of light. And so uh, it's funny. I saw um, Eric on your show, and he said something about microdosing white pills, and that's what I talk about every week on this show. So I'm his dealer, and I'm mad at him now for not mentioning that I'm his white pill dealer.
2: Yeah, Um, pretty messed up.
0: So, um, what do you think? Outside of the preparation angle, um, is something you see in the world right now? Um, I like I to explain the microdose. Sometimes it's on the personal level. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's the grand scale, federal, global, whatever, Mm
2: -hmm. whatever
0: you want to answer. But what is something that people can look at in this day and age right now, or something that you've seen personally, that you think this is what hope is, this is how we win?
2: Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that probably the biggest white pill was the fact that we saw an outsider in Trump get elected. I think that's, that's really special and powerful that like this system as sick as it is somehow you know whether they were overconfident or whatever they're mm-hmm. not they're not impervious like they an outsider got in there and and he's he was not good and he was not a solution so i'm not saying that uh money under the matches for titty fucking absolutely warren yeah anytime buddy <laughs> um, <laughs> um So I think that basically the reason I bring it up as a white pill is because I think it shows cracks in their, their armor. The matrix. Yeah. Like, I think that, uh, also like if you want to spin all of this tyranny and oppression that we're experiencing into a white pill or to, you know, frame it more optimistically is that the reason they're doing it is because their, their power source is so tenuous, you know, like they, Mm -hmm. they really don't have a, a handle on us anymore. The internet's a massive white pill. The community that we're in online is a white pill. The fact that my show exploded in popularity with the message that I have is a huge white pill for me personally, because like the fact that people are interested in hearing what I have to say and what I think is like, holy shit. Like I, it's amazing. You know, the fact that I have 4,000 plus people that, that check me out every, every week is like mind blowing. Um, so I think that there's a real demand for people that, that are sending this message of self-reliance and preparation, and um, you know, basically just like shouting out against the state. Like there's there's a lot there's a lot of anger against the state. People don't people don't necessarily mm-hmm. know it, and they don't say it when they when they're yelling because they they don't understand the world how we do. Uh, but so much of what they actually are upset with is the state. So I think that's a good sign for us in a weird way. It's like mm-hmm. that means that you have people that you can reach, and mm-hmm. it, when things are going well. And we're not at war and the economy's good and you have a good income. It's hard to reach people. And, and as things get worse, it actually, in a way is better for us because we can reach people. So yeah, I, that's, that's a bunch of white pills at you <laughs> in in the darkness, by the way, because I, I realize it sounds very pessimistic because it's implying things are going to get worse, but I, I think they will, but you, you know, you got to eat your vegetables. Sometimes things are going to get worse before you get to the state. So, right. Well, and it's like you said. You know, that. you're not a you collapseitarian. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you, you said you're not a
0: collapseitarian, but you see it coming, and that—that's one of those funny things. Is I've had a lot of conversations with people who are collapseitarians. They want to see mm-hmm. the world burn, right? And it's one of those things. For me, I know that things are not going to continue the way they are. I know that there's an imminent breakup. I pray that it's peaceful. I pray yep. that things go well. But there is something beautiful. About the fact that once that does happen, if it happens in our lifetimes, we get to rebuild. Mm-hmm. We get to create the new paradigm, and that I think is kind of where my brain is. Is I'm trying, like I like I said, I popped out five kids right. in quick succession. I am trying to create a new paradigm for them, where the state doesn't matter, where they they live the lives they want to live, they're as free as they want to be, etc. And so I think that when the Collapsitarians are right, they, they're going to want to say, I told you so. And we're going to be the ones who are like, no, we knew it was going to happen. We're just excited about being able to create something beautiful. Mm-hmm.
2: So, yeah, I love that. Uh, <laughs> and, and I <laughs> you mean, know, Oh, go ahead, Jess.
1: No, I was going to say the time immediately after the fall of the Roman Empire is often referred to as the Dark Age. But I wonder for how many people it was a Halcyon paradise where they were not harassed by constant warfare being perpetrated on them by the state. True. Like, you know, so maybe there's not much, there's
2: not much in the history books about after the fall of the empire and like how it plays out because the interesting part is the actual empire and then the fall itself. But like, Mm -hmm. you don't, I don't, I don't personally know what it's like for the people after the collapse. I need to look into that more. It it may not be as dystopic as, as we'd imagine. And, and perhaps we're better off, you know, in that environment, who knows? And what's funny is history is
0: always centered around political leaders or big right. political moments and great men. But how many people throughout the annals of history are not mentioned or glossed over who had a life that you would want to have. Oh, yeah. And I right. think that some people need to know that it's okay and good to live a life that is unremarkable to those who write history books.
2: Oh yeah.
1: That's right.
2: I mean, I feel like I'm doing that, you know, I'm living a great life and, and I have no complaints, honestly. So, um, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, whether or not you end up be, becoming a historical figure, it, you only become a historical figure because you've lived an amazing life. Usually, I mean, or a really, really bad one. Yeah. Um, so like, like just, <laughs> you do your, so like, don't, <laughs> don't set out to be a historical icon, you know, set out to be right. as great as you can possibly be. Like that's, that's kind of my message to my audience is like, you can do a lot more than you're doing, go do it. And, and it's like, no more excuses, no more, no more childishness, no more like lamenting the fact that the state is so oppressive. Like it is, I agree, but that doesn't matter. Like you can do a lot in this system to help, to protect yourself and your loved ones. And like what really matters is what you're doing day to day to try and improve your lot in life to help those that you care about. And if, and if enough of us do that, it'll be enough to get us to the other side of this thing uh, a lot better than we exist today. So, um, yeah. that's, that's kind of an optimistic white pill side of look at the, looking at things. And
0: I, I think that people, I know I was personally, but I think people would be better served to move their mind away from destruction and to creation. I agree. And, and I think that a lot like it, it, You can mention Jordan Peterson and making your bed or cleaning your room or whatever. But I would say even better than that is build something. Yep. Build something out of wood. It'll suck. Build some, make something out of leather, make a podcast, build something. Right. Because the moment you start going into the mindset of being a creator rather than a cog in the system or a destroyer. Yeah. Life is better, man
2: it is and follow and you know what if you follow your passion you actually get out of your head a little bit which is the cool mm-hmm. thing like i was i was racked with anxiety during the first few months of lockdowns cuz i was like there's nothing i can do and then as soon as i funneled this energy into this the show and i had you know i started to reach a few people and it was very very small at first but just the fact that i was like it was almost like self therapy and mm-hmm. and then i got this really gratifying feeling of all these you know, thousands of DMS over the past year of people asking me questions about financial advice and and thanking me for what I'm doing and stuff like that. It's like, it's a beautiful thing, man. And, and I did this all through no advertising, just through a Twitter account. So like Mm -hmm. no excuses, it's fucking, you can do this shit. So like, (laughs) um, just, just get fired up. And, and I think that you'll find also that, that people are drawn towards someone who's producing, not someone who's interested in destroying And and if, if you are actually interested in changing the zeitgeist of this country, changing the ethos of one of statism to one of independence and freedom and Liberty, you're going to have to look like someone that someone wants to follow. And, Mm -hmm. and if you're just like, we got to fucking burn down the state. And this is all, that's all I'm about. No, one's going to follow you, bro. Like you're just not going to get followed. So um, you have to pair a sense of realism and genuine analysis of what you're witnessing day-to-day day, but but pair it with a sense of what can we do why are you optimistic what is the future what is what is the mm-hmm. beauty in your vision and i think that uh the libertarian movement needs a hell of a lot more of that because so much of it is is couched in pessimism and negativity and woe was me and we can't possibly we oh they won't even let us on the debate stage who gives a fuck we make our own debate stage you know, yeah. like, come on. There you go. We, we, we build our own with blackjack and hookers. Exactly. We have, <laughs> it's going to be way more lit. So, <laughs>
0: so before we wrap up, I, I want to ask you a, a final question, a nice one. Very, very awkward. What is your favorite blow thing about Jessica hole.
2: Green? <laughs> What's <my favorite>? Whoa! <laughs> so
1: <laughs> many layers to this.
2: <laughs> What's my favorite thing about Jessica Green? Yeah. Uh, I think she's brilliant is that what? is that a good start that's, that's, that's a good start much. you didn't mention too her much. beard so that's great that's that's more than <laughs> I get you have a beard it's
1: <laughs> <laughs> a good answer <laughs> uh,
2: I think she's I think she's brilliant I think that she is um thank you very funny too beautiful I might add uh what else I think did I say intelligent yet very intelligent I said brilliant <laughs>
1: Uh, that's too much that's too much no
2: i mean i think i i think very highly of you
1: thank you (laughs) thank
2: you i haven't been in a group chat with you for a fucking year just because i'm you know being nice like you you add to my life (laughs)
1: um he he does this because he knows i can't i don't know how to receive a compliment
0: so (laughs) it makes me very awkward Bad choice in co-hosts.
2: It's because it's just true. <laughs> <laughs> she she makes terrible decisions when it comes to co-hosts. Horrible. Right. Horrible. <laughs> um, now I mean no, like
1: we have the freedom to wander a little bit intellectually here, which I think is not always the case on Twitter. You're very locked into, well, if you don't keep in lockstep with, you know, the audience or whatever, you're not a real libertarian. But I do think we should have the freedom to have gray area. Like, and I'm glad that we can, you know, talk about this things face to face because it doesn't work in text. It well, it only yeah. works in this format.
2: Like, and we and we have to like constantly rephrase it so that we don't get banned. So uh, <laughs> I I very much appreciate these venues so that we can actually talk honestly. Even though I did right. censor myself once because I was about to fed post like a motherfucker, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, yeah it's it's much better. And and That's I think what I'm that here it's for. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I also think it's very important to. uh Oh, sorry. I just read the comment and now I can't remember what I was going to say. Anyways, continue. <laughs> it's very important to something. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Oh, no. no, it's it's very important to, to have conversations because like yeah. so much of, of Twitter is like one sided and and it's like you just and it's in text. It's in short format, like you need to be able to elaborate and like allow allow someone mm-hmm. to cut you off mid sentence sometimes and say what they have to say and like build it. So um, that's why I love what I do with my show and, and getting to have really extended conversations with people I respect yeah. and, and think highly of and and try to um, get to the bottom of their actual thought process. It's like, that's why I got into podcasting in the first place. Cause I fell in love with Joe Rogan's show. Cause it was three hours of, of just meandering nonsense that would have these unbelievable <laughs> gems that you couldn't, you couldn't imagine, you know? And if it was try to condense down into like a 30 minute show that you put on TV that had to have censorship and shit like that. You just never would have got there. So never could do it. Yeah.
1: They would have never put Joe Rogan, Eddie Bravo and Alex Jones in a room with a bunch of blunts, (laughs) which turned out to be the most amazing thing that's ever been filmed. (laughs) Ever. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Highly valued. Well,
0: that's what that's, that's also, you mentioned Joe Rogan, but like I, I've, I did this show under a different moniker. Uh, we're on 88 because before we started the, it as the mad ones we'd done, I'd done 1488. <laughs> My birthday is contains 1488. I found that I didn't re- recognize that until Ted pointed it out the other day. Um, I was like, oh, damn it. My birthday's racist. Um,
1: <laughs> is that what that, I didn't get it.
0: <laughs> like, oh, wait, when I, I said I was hundred away from the no, no number.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. What is it's 14 88 is H H, it's Heil Hitler. And fourteen is Oh the my 14 God. Words. I see
1: yeah. that everywhere. Okay. I live in a really small backwoods town and I see that eighty-eight everywhere. And I don't know <laughs> what it means.
2: Oh my god. It means Heil yeah. Hitler. <laughs> it's probably wow. it's it's probably kids just being rebellious. I doubt you have a tremendous uh you know Nazi problem, but
1: <laughs> they're not they're not no Nazis. Like I've been told there's a certain bar not to go to because it might have Nazis. And I was told that by the people who live around here. So Oh yeah.
2: No, there are yeah. some Nazis. I'm not saying there's none, but it's yeah. just a very, it's <laughs> just a very overstated issue. I just I wouldn't the worry about it too much.
1: Non zero percent.
0: Yeah. I, I feel like the only Nazis you see these days used to in media you'd see these like skinhead Nazis that were like cut and now it's like like just
2: fat dudes. Yeah with Because they all <laughs> because they all just drank for the past 30 years so they're like 55 year old you know tanks so yeah i i really that's that's another issue that i have with the current social climate and the propaganda we exist under is there's this constant push to make us believe that we exist in this burgeoning white supremacist society as if like we haven't made enormous progress and that you know no one takes anyone who's a fucking Hitler youth or a KKK member seriously, they would be almost universally scorned and shunned. So and they get punched. Yeah, they, they get do that too in public. Yeah. So I mean,
1: well, that's how you mean, can control people because you can use it as a cudgel and you could twist their arm. And it, if I say right. that you're a Nazi, then you basically have to do whatever I say to get out of this moniker. You right. know, especially if I fit into any one of the uh, accepted vet victim categories. Exactly. I could do it as a woman. I could do it, you know, as a bisexual. Whatever it is. And that's, oh, that's you're, you're unfortunate.
2: Bi? Did I mention that you're fucking hot?
1: <laughs> no, it's like, it's like college by, it's like, I okay, have to okay. be a little drunk. Exploratory
2: by. Right, you.
1: right, right. It's not like, yeah, there's a spectrum.
2: That's less. <laughs>
0: stupid, <though. laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, with that.
1: <laughs> now we know. Thank you for
0: coming on the show, Clint. Absolutely. I appreciate it because it's you know, pleasure. Jessica, but you know me very little. Yeah, I got to know my, you a lot better. My Fed posting, um, right? No, I appreciate <laughs> it. You, it was great to get to know you guys better. And if you want to find Clint, he's on Twitter at Liberty Lockpod. You Correct. can find his podcast, uh, Liberty Lockdown, on everything: YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Google,
2: etc. Just search for it; you'll find well, it. Unfortunately,
0: anything else? Unfortunately,
2: Wait. I just checked, and my it looks as if I don't know if I was nuked from iTunes or if it's just a glitch but for the past 24 hours my show has not been on iTunes so i have to figure what? out what's going on there
1: motherfuckers hmm.
2: i know if i <laughs> if i got shit canned already that's tragic cuz i was do you know, i just got to 200 fucking five star reviews and then that would be devastating do you know why like they took you off i have no idea because you talked to dave
0: smith who's a known nick fuentes associate
2: <laughs> well if, fuentes! That's the, if if that's the case you're going to have to get nuked here because i have talked to dave smith who is a known like Fuentes Associates. So it's true. That's true.
1: That's how that's how it gets around. It's like an uh, STD.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, got, I got Fuentes on me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the boring stuff, well, not boring, it's actually exciting. This coming Sunday, 8 p.m., we have Jeff Deist on the show. Yeah. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, following that on Wednesday, we'll have uh, Miss Carrie Wedler. And then it, with May comes Friend Month. And we're going to have some of the people we've had on before or just close friends. And so we're starting that off with the ever fabulous Freckles and Brett, following it with my good buddy, Monica Perez. And then after that, Brad Binkley, who is like legit a treat. If you haven't spoken to Brad Binkley, you need to. Okay. I'll check him out. I knew
1: knew Brad Binkley when I was in my college bisexual years. We used to hang out at the same (laughs) comedy club. So that is like a double header. I, I ran into somebody that I knew in real life in the Liberty movement. And that is a huge white, white pill for me.
2: Nice. Well, you guys got to do some, do some oppo research for me and I've had Carrie on and you got to find out if she's single or not. Cause I don't know.
0: I, okay. I can ask. I have yeah. no filter.
2: Exactly. Um, <laughs> get back so to me. Be, beyond
0: yeah. that, if you want to find me on Twitter at cam Harless, if you want to find the lovely newly, um, revealed bisexual uh Jessica <laughs> Green that's at Soup Canarchist. Uh we do have a locals that is not bumping unless you come in there and make it bump at the themadones.locals.com. I have shirts. I've really got one for this show. I have a little a little list He's of not ones wearing
1: to a shirt, but he has them.
0: Oh I, I don't I don't actually own any of my own shirts. How bad is that?
2: <laughs> I, by the way, I almost wore that shirt tonight, but then I thought like, do I want to be the guy that goes to the concert wearing the you know the shirt of the band that you're seeing so <laughs> I, I i think you should have
0: i mean i would have been humbled
2: i think i think it'll be better though because i'm gonna wear it on my show so it'll be like more publicity for you guys so i'm, I'm down with that <laughs> um <laughs> thank you very if, much for it by the way it's a cool shirt
0: you're you're welcome I, that is, that has that is the secret is if you come on my show and you give me a couple of details i'm sending you a shirt that i designed dope that's a deal. So that's so, better pay uh, than
2: than most guests or most hosts give <laughs> so it's it's
0: true <laughs> if you want to listen to us rather than watch us it's stupid just go on youtube at youtube.com slash the mad ones and watch it everything's better in that way but if you want to listen the like you can... and
1: hit the subscribe
0: yep. i've been told to mention that i never do i Me should either. say that more often um <laughs> but if you want to listen to us go to we you can listen on the website you can listen on any podcatcher you like. Um, you can also watch us on Odyssey. By the way, Jeremy Kaufman will be coming on the show next month, and he is currently being fucked by the feds, and so that's going to be a good conversation. Wait, Jeremy um, Kaufman is? Yeah. Why is he being fucked by the feds? Oh, it uh, something I need to look into it, but they are looking into library because of the crypto situation behind it. I'm not sure Shit. of the specifics. I have but, him on my show tomorrow, so I'll get to the bottom of it. <laughs> yeah, ask. <laughs> yeah. But we are on Odyssey. So, you know, support Jeremy in this because he is a fellow traveler in every sense of the word. And he's he's pretty fucking great on Twitter. Um, other than that, if you want to listen to any of our other shows, go to MLGAnetwork.com. We have five other shows Voluntary Vixens, um, Technoagorist, which Ryan, do a new episode sometime, please. Um, about Jeremy Kaufman, maybe. I, I'm spitting ideas. Uh, we have Thank You for Your Servers, which is a tech show. We have, um, what, what have I not named? Oh, us. That's one of them. <laughs> 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 and then hopefully Kim Shang, the lovely Lesbertarian, will come back someday soon. But after that, all we have to tell you is go to Laurenzati.coffee and use our promo code, the Mad Ones and get 10% off some beans, because Jessica loves them. I love them. And she's them. right about everything. <laughs> So, anything else we want to mention? Anything you want to tell the people before we leave, Clint?
2: Uh, no, I guess not. You know, just shout out Carrie Wedler. I will. I'll,
0: I'll, I'll ask. I'll ask for <laughs> you. I, I'll. I'll. I won't tell her that it was you until. <laughs> no, do you yes.
1: like? Do you like Clint? Y or N? Circle yes. one.
0: Yeah, hand her, hand her a paper. <laughs> if, if you don't think, I won't make a graphic for that.
2: Oh, dude! Yeah, do that. Oh, that'd be so cool
1: do with the so. picture with him in the vest to be like
2: uh. <laughs> that's actually what what I got known for very early on was uh god I can't remember her name she's been off twitter for so long um but I went on Shane and Nico's uh show or was it on their show no it was on freckles and Bridge show and and I mentioned it and then it got shared by Nico and then the girl saw it but anyways I I took my shot at her and I was like yo I don't even know you, but I think you're brilliant on Twitter. I've only seen your like your little circle picture. I have no idea if you're even attractive, but like hit me up, hit a brother up. So I really find this. <laughs> and I find she this left to be Twitter. A, what's that? Did you say she left Twitter after that? Well, many months after. I don't think it was because of me. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that would have been heartbreaking. Uh, she ended up dating Jared from from biting the bullet. She's like she's his girlfriend. So it's it's all good. Like okay. it was it was a fun it was a playful like. Um, marketing gambit that paid huge dividends and i feel like i feel like the power couple that needs to happen it's liberty okay. lockdown Carrie wedler liberty liberty wedler carry lockdown i don't know you guys figure it out i don't know but I'm gonna, I'm gonna i'm gonna figure it out for you next week um
0: all right and so with that dear audience uh be the glitch you want to see in the matrix